What's spring like in Park City, Utah? Imagine waking up on a bluebird day to ski the greatest snow on earth at two world-class resorts, Park City Mountain and Deer Valley. Exploring miles of wide open spaces by snowshoe or cross-country skis. Wandering our historic Main Street with its Opry ski scene and award-winning restaurants. When you love it like we love it, Park City, Utah will always be winter's favorite town. Join the experience at visitparkcity.com. This is an audio version of the 24th annual Dice Awards Roundtable series. To watch the video of this episode, please visit youtube.com slash official AIAS. Brought to you by the Academy of Interactive Arts and Sciences. This is the award celebration by game makers for game makers, honoring the games that connect players around the globe. No matter where we come from or what our interests, video games bring us together. We gather here to honor our fellow creators and the very best of interactive entertainment. Welcome to the 24th annual Dice Awards. Hello again, everyone. I am here with the nominees for the role-playing game of the year. Welcome to the 24th annual Dice Awards developer sessions. Uh, we are super excited and super uh, fortunate to have this wonderful group with us here of nominees. Uh, but before we get into the discussion, let's do a little bit of introductions. Uh, from Final Fantasy VII Remake, we have Hamaguchi-san. How are you, Hamaguchi-san? Hi, how are you? Very good. Uh, thank you for being here. And can you share uh, with the folks at home a little bit of information about yourself? Uh, Hi, nice to meet you. My name is Naoki Hamaguchi, and I was a co-director on Final Fantasy VII Remake. Thank you very much for being here. appreciate the time. Uh, from Persona 5 Royal, we have Ariane Advicula. How are you doing? Good, how are you? Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, thank you so much for, for, for coming and, and spending some time with us. Give the folks at home a little bit of information about yourself as well. So I'm the communications manager at Sega, here representing the Persona 5 Royal development team, and of course, the entire Atlas and Sega team. Happy Thank to be you here. So much. Thank you so much for being here as well. Uh, from Wasteland 3, we have Brian Fargo. How are you doing, Brian? I'm good. How are you? How are you? Doing well. Doing well. Give the folks at home a little info about the work you've done in the space as well. Uh, well, I, I've been in the industry uh, since the 80s. I founded a company called Interplay. We did a lot of great games back then, but Baldur's Gate and Fallout and uh, Bard's Tale and Wasteland. And then I founded this company uh, that I'm in now with an exile and we became part of Microsoft recently. And most of my background has been with role-playing games. Awesome, awesome. So, so happy to have you with us as well. Uh, and rounding out our group, we have from Yakuza Like a Dragon, we have Yokoyama-san. How are you doing, Yokoyama-san? Awesome. Hi, everyone. Nice to meet you. I'm the chief producer on the Ryuga Gotoku Yakuza series. And my name is Yokoyama. Perfect, perfect, perfect. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, we also had our friends from CD Projekt Red with Cyberpunk 2077 nominated as well, but sadly they couldn't make it uh, uh, for the show tonight, but they definitely wanted to send their congratulations to all the nominees for all their amazing work. So with that said, let's jump into some questions for, for our crew here today. Um, let's see. For, uh, Brian, I'd love to kind of jump to you first and talk about Wasteland 3 and, and how, you know, the game has been touted as this improvement, this huge improvement over the previous game in kind of every way. 
um, you know, talk to me about, you know, how some of those improvements kind of came to be. What were some of the thoughts behind, you know, building that out in such a bigger way? Uh, I'd love to hear your thoughts about, you know, kind of the, the transition and the evolution of the game. Right. Well, so, and this one, it's been a fun project because it's been a franchise that started a long time ago. And as we, you know, like, like I said, the first one started in the eighties, but as far as moving from number two to number three, uh, we knew that we wanted to make a big visual upgrade, which we've done. Um, you know, a lot of this has to do with, you know, the, the bigger the budget, the, you know, the, the, the kind of the bigger the approach we can take, but the, the visuals were a big jump. We also really leaned in on a really unique soundtrack. I, um, I hired the music supervisor who worked on the Tarantino films, and we have a really great, unique soundtrack that I'm happy with. Uh, we made combat move faster. That was something that we didn't want to lose the tactical nature of it. So we moved to a phase-based system that could move quicker. Um, but I think the things that the players uh, embraced the most was the reactivity and the dark humor. Uh, and that was something that where we want the game to pay off as many edge cases and decisions that the, uh, the people could make uh, so that they could each sort of have their own unique experience in the wasteland. I love that. It, it, it definitely felt like there was a, a, an evolution in, in kind of a lot of the different systems that went along with that. And it feels like, you know, the feedback, you know, how much of that was driven from the feedback that you got from the previous game? Uh, quite a bit. I mean, we, we, we try to have a, a very, a very sort of blunt relationship with our fans. We love the feedback back and forth for what, for what they're thinking, what they like and what they don't like. And we, we you know, leaning in on the reactivity was a big part of it. Um, again, not losing the tactical nature of it. That was something that, that they wanted to see. We also added multiplayer, which was, which, which was a new thing for us. Uh, we thought having a co-op experience with our type of deep storytelling game would be fun. And we've had a lot of getting really great feedback from that too. Uh, so, uh, yeah, it was very much part and parcel working with the fans and things they like to see and, and we'll continue that relationship. Fantastic. And thank you. Thank you for sharing that. That's, that's super awesome. Uh, Hamaguchi-san, this question is for you. Uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake is able to capture the essence of its original predecessor while updating its gameplay mechanics, visuals, and expanded story. Uh, which aspect were, were kind of the most exciting parts of kind of connecting that with the fans? And, and what was the most difficult part of the element to kind of translate to the modern day? So, this あの、色々な面でその原作のエッセンスっていうのは非常にを意識はしたんですけど、その中でも最もやっぱり注力したっていうのは世界観の部分を一番こう意識していました。で、ま、原作のFF7っていうのは当然当時のこう表現の技術っ
keep the essence of the source material, but we were very keen on sort of bringing that worldview and the world setting to the game. And with the original Final Fantasy VII and um, the way things are depicted at that time um, and the technological restrictions, only allowed for us to depict the story in different facets, um, in like bits and pieces per se. And so we were very um, focused on trying to depict more of the realm and the, and the lore of Final Fantasy VII, um, because a lot of it kind of depended on the user's imagination and them kind of completing the picture in their minds um, at the time. So with Final Fantasy VII Remake, we tried to make it more intricate uh, so that we can bring that sort of reality, sense of reality in the way we're um, depicting the world. And once the game did release and people started playing it and, and giving their feedback, um, we've noticed a lot of people commenting on how um, the slum areas were depicted and uh, looking at the main pillar, uh, looking at some of the outskirts of um, the towns and seeing the NPCs and how they're acting, uh, how they're talking, um, received quite a, a bit of reaction from our fans. So we're, we're kind of uh, happy that we were able to achieve what we were going for. Did, did you find that newer players who were kind of coming to the story for the first time in Remake had very, very different feedback than folks who had already kind of come to the story from the original? あの、タイトルだと思ってるんですね。なので、実際にこうゲームを体験してみたときに、あ、こういうゲームだったんだみたいな声とかはあの、聞きはしましたね。あと、こう本編をプレイしてからこうやってみるとその違いがあの、わか
Uh, and honestly, we also had the opportunity to, to work with teams internationally and deliver additional localized languages, which is a Persona series first. So honestly, the scale of the massive narrative you see in Persona 5 Royal is unlike anything uh, we have ever worked on as a team. But um, honestly, we're just extremely excited that we can have people enjoy this new definitive version of Persona 5 story. Um, and just, um, just like what we were saying earlier about fans, like I'm also honored to see all the praise that the story has received and, and to be considered for this award. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. I think one of the things I've, I've, I've constantly heard about the game is how, 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 how well it kind of, you know, brings all the story bits together and, and how, you know, everyone is kind of in love with that story. Has, have you heard any new feedback or new information from, again, newer players who are coming to the series for the first time and, and how they're kind of coming to it? Yes, that's what's very exciting for me. Uh, I think just seeing the newer players come in and fall in love with the Phantom Thieves, uh, Kasumi, Baruki, the new characters, it's been a joy, you know, personally for me, but also for the developers to see more and more people come into the Persona narrative. And we also just released Persona 5 Strikers. So, you know, the story continues. There, there is even more Phantom Thieves to, to enjoy. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Uh, Yokoyama-san, this question is for you. Uh, Yakuza Like a Dragon feels like a love letter to turn-based turn -based RPGs, both in kind of the Ichiban's literal love of Dragon Quest and, and many homages, homages to, uh, you know, other games throughout the series. You know, can you talk a little bit about, you know, how you and your team have approached building the game uh, around the story and, and, and the appreciation for it? あの、コマンドRPGを作ろうと思ってこのゲームを作ったわけではなくて、カスが一番というキャラクターを作るところがスタートなんですね。で、カスが一番のキャラクターを考えていたら、このキャラクターのストーリーを考えていくうちに一番
um, point to your comment about how this feels like a love letter to um, RPGs. This uh, actually, all, a lot of the designers on the team and the, um, the developers on the team are young in their youth. They really played a lot of RPGs. They have like a really special place in their hearts for games like Dragon Quest or Final Fantasy. Um, and so when the decision, the decision was made to uh, make Yakuza Like a Dragon um, in a command RPG style game, the staff really just had so many, it like kind of opened up their floodgates of ideas. They had such a great love for the genre and just for games in general that the ideas poured out. And so it's kind of a, it is sort of a huge love letter from the entire team um, for the genre. Fantastic. Hmm. I, I love to hear that. And one of the other parts of that that I wanted to, to, to talk about was humor is a huge part of, of the game and it feels like you've nailed you know, bringing the funny aspects into to, to the story. What was that for, you know, what was the conversation like from the team about making sure that that was something that still kind of came through within the game? Kikoku,その、キャラクターが変われば行動原理が変わるんで、えっと、すべての発想ってのは、さっきも話したけど、え、カスが一番だったらどんなことをしたら楽しいんだろうなってことを考えて、いわゆるプレイスポットとかミニゲームとかの中身を決めていくんですね。で、カスが一番がえ仲間にしたキャラクターたちの性格とか、このメンバーがみんなでワイワイこういうことをやったら楽しいだろうなみたいなことを考えてい
um, you know, books, you often remember a scene or a character or a piece of dialogue. And so we think that humor comes through that way. And again, it's sort of the, the darkest of things. And we, we really try to think about how mankind would react to this situation of a post-apocalypse, which is, you know, what's it like when the cards are thrown up in the air and we're gonna start all over again? So mm. for some people, it feels like the end. And for other people, it feels like the beginning of something new and a new opportunity to reinvent themselves. Um, but the humor always comes through the, the writing. And then we also, with the player giving them the choice. It's interesting because most of our players, um, they want to be the good person. They want to mm. be the hero. They want to play it the ethical way. And we challenge them morally throughout the game constantly to see you know, where that line is. And it's the most fun to watch when we watch people play. Um, but what's important is that we give them the opportunity not to be a good person. And a lot of the humor comes through those choices where just the fact that the player can say it uh, gives them a chuckle, but they often don't want to follow through because they don't want to be uh, that person. So really, I, I guess the, the humor comes from the giving people to an ability to have, see, have a dark side uh, along with a very dark humor with it uh, is where we look to sort of make things work in our universe. Thank you. I love that. It's, it, it seems like a very um, an interesting challenge to maybe, you know, pull that through so that the, 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 the player feels like they're able to still have that autonomy, but also, you know, still feel like they can, can interact with the, the spaces in a, in a good way, right? We have, we have a lot of funny conversation in our writers' rooms because we, we tell the writers to push, to push it, and then we'll pull them back. And so mm. uh, I always tell when people, you should see what didn't make it in the game. <laughs> you know, uh, <laughs> uh, and uh, so anyway, some very funny conversations about where that is. But our players, they, they, like, they like that. You know, we, we, make, we make our game for an audience that, you know, would like a Tarantino film or some, you know, some of the Netflix stuff that's, you know, more, or, or like the boys and things of that nature uh, where the humor is, is more adult and, uh, our, and our audience loves that. And so we, we, we sort of pay that off when, when we think it's appropriate. I love that. Um, the last question I have is both for Hamaguchi-san and for Ariane. How, how has it been kind of trying to balance the, you know, ability to let some of these iconic characters grow um, but also kind of being careful not to do too much so that they wind up being a little bit different than, you know, what people have kind of grown up to, to know and to love. Uh, Yamaguchi, I'm sorry, Hamaguchi-san, can you please uh, uh, answer that one first? そうですね。あの、ちょっと2つのバランスっていうところとちょっとあの、なんだろうな、ちょっとテーマがずれちゃうかもしれないんですけど、その原作の時ってその、ま、当時のその プレイステーションの狂言っていうのもあったと思うんですけど、こう、ユーザーが何かこう、あの、ま、クラウドがその何かシグさなり感情を伝えようとするときって、こう、ま、声も入ってないし、こう、フェイシャルで何かこう感情
その、まあ、クラウドに限らないんですけどその主人公たちがそのストーリーの中でどういう感情になっているのかとここでどういう,こう思いをユーザーに伝えたいのかみたいなところを読み解きながらこうあ,あの当時だったらきっとこういうことだったんだろうなみたいなのをすごくこう意識してあのなんだろうなストーリーだけじゃなくてストーリーを表現する仕方ですねあのを<笑>注力して表現しました。Um, so, this might not necessarily describe the balance we try to strike between、um, growing and being careful.、Um, but、uh, what we did think about is at the time of the original source material,、um, of course, the way things are depicted cinematically is very limited、um, because of the hardware. And so, whenever the player controls Cloud and anything happens, like、um, if he's doing some kind of movement,、um, there is no voiceover, there is no facial like, animation to show the character's、um, sort of actions and emotions. So, it would be very exaggerated.、Um, some overactions, like body actually moving, showing the different emotions of the characters.、Um, and with the remake,、um, we were able to. Have a more cinematic, like movie like depiction of these characters、um, with voiceover, with very、um, nuanced facial expressions.、Um, we might have scenes where we don't even have a, a dialogue and it's just a facial expression、um, trying to evoke the emotion of the particular scene. So, whenever we were thinking about、um, The characters and our, just how we depict、um, all of our sort of protagonists in general.、Um, we would、um, try to think about the emotions that they were feeling in a particular scene、um, and sort of imagine okay, so in this particular area, they must have tried to express this in that sort of limited capacity. And、um, we tried to、um, Express that more throughout、um, the story as well as、um, the cinematic presentation as well. So that, that's where we try to focus on when we were trying、um, to, to create、uh, the characters in the remake. Ariane, I'd love to hear your thoughts on that as well、uh, about you know, kind of balancing the, you know, the passion of the fans with you know, wanting to grow the story of the characters, but also keeping them true to, their, to, to themselves. That's a great question. Actually, you know, having just released Persona 5 Strikers, I do think the passion of the fans is what's always at the front of the mind of the developers and the localization team.、Um, the only thing I can think of really is just how much, you know, we've been able to take these characters and see them grow and see them continue their story. And, you know, the fans have always received them with welcome, well, open arms. And that's been a wonderful feeling to, to know that. You know, everybody wants them to, to be their, to have their best life. And、uh, I can only think of an excerpt that I heard from the localization team, but also the voice actors themselves is, you know, having known the fan and thieves from the original Persona 5, going into Royal felt like a homecoming. It felt like an opportunity now that they know the characters to extend and grow. You know, we know what Ryuji would say in this situation, and he's going to say it. And I think that's really <laughs> just been. <laughs> a really rewarding thing, and the fans know it too. They see it coming, and you know, that's, that's the beauty of having very strong、uh, characters that are driving the story forward. Well, thank you so much for your wonderful, wonderful thoughts on the games that you've made and, and the conversations around you know, how role playing games are, are so important and, and, and great in the space.、Uh, I get to now do the fun part of declaring who the winner is for, for this category. Uh, our dice role playing game of the year 
goes to Final Fantasy VII Remake. Congratulations. Awesome, awesome. Uh, let's see. Amaguchi-san, do you have any, any uh, uh, words to share for the folks at home? はい、ありがとうございます。えっと、まあ、数ある中からあの受賞したこと非常に光栄に思います。あの、まあ、FF7リメイク自体のこう展開っていうのは今後も続いていきますので、また次回作でもこの場に戻ってこれるように頑張っ